ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sport Project podcast with me, Carlo Napolitano, and Chris Smith. We have Renee away, and uh, Sasha should be here, but he's not Chris. Hey, can we just sing that song? Just the two, two of, of us. us going like, in the air. Yeah. yeah, if we can just sing it in tune, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be lovely. Well, we've got a great show in front of us, but before we do that, just tell everyone about the social media platforms. You can search for us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the Instagram is at the Sports Project Podcast at the Sport Project Podcast. And I got that right because I messed it up on the first intro. Boom! But we are human. And even though Sash isn't here, he'll drop in probably later. And the show must go on, Chris. I reckon Sash is on a hot date, mate. You reckon? I reckon on a hot date. I reckon he's just ditched us. I, well, I really <laughs> hope that's the case anyway. Like a bad smell. But we are at episode 19, Chris. Who would have thought it, eh? No, and season, season two, two, mate. We, we've lasted two seasons. Can you believe we that? Have, we, have, we had a year off, though, purely because everyone was moving around. Mm. Uh, but we did vow to get it back on. And we, we have done. And actually, COVID worked in our favour to do so. But it's, it's been good fun. So far, and we've got a full show, Chris. We've got a full show today. And we also don't have an HR department, because uh, we could have been shut down various times, Carlos, with the shit that falls out of our mouth. Well, that, that is true. But to the listeners out there, if you like your sport done differently, if you like sport with a little bit of light and a little bit of dark, then the sport project is for you. And it's easy listening, a bit chirpy, a bit funny. And uh, if you've got any questions then go on the social media and ask them, okay? We will get to a point where we do have a video of all this, but not quite yet. And we will have guests at some point, won't we, Chris? We sure will. We sure will, yeah. I'm not quite sure because a lot of the sport is just about finishing up. We're hitting around finals time of NRL and the AFL and, you know, we're getting into the spring carnival and the racing. But that's all right because off the back of that, providing Victoria can get itself off off the ground, we'll have the um, Australian Open starting off as well and, and um, a pretty quick turnaround as well. So, you know, although sport's finishing up, we're still here. We're still going to talk about it all. And then we'll, we'll just find something. Else. I think ping pong's going on in China and South Korea, so we can, we can talk about that. Well, there's no point in having breaks. There's sport on somewhere at some time all the way through the year, and that means the show can go on. I'll Almost like that. having your first beer and saying it's 11 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's a- right. That's right. So we're going to cover racing, AFL, NRL, both in final series. Uh, the UK sports lots happening there with our hometown of Salford and uh, US sports. Uh, and hopefully Sashi's around for that. If not, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can just make it up like he does anyway. Nobody be any the wiser. Have, have you noticed though? He, and I won't go into the NRL just yet or the rugby league. But every time the Roosters lose, Sashi's never seen. Correct. That's correct. He, um, he's, he's very vocal, like a big cock when, um, when when they're winning and when they're on point. But when they're not, um, yeah, it goes it goes a bit awol, doesn't it? He does, mate. He does. But let's start off. Let's kick off with racing. Mm. So, what have you got for us, Chris? What's going on in the world of racing? Oh, I mate, there's so much going on in the world of racing. Uh, probably uh, a full show of content, actually, but I'm going to um, compress that all for you, Carlos. Here's yep. what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the weekend that's just gone, which saw some absolutely incredible Group 1, Group 2 racing around Flemington and Roundwick. And leading into this weekend as well, we've got the Caulfield Guineas and uh, some great Group 1 racing then. And all this, of course, is going to try and hopefully lead us into the Cox Plate and then into the Melbourne Cup, depending on what time they are going to be run. Now, the conversation with Flemington and still goes on are they going to have crowds there for the Melbourne Cup can they really do it if so what will it kind of look like yeah. I've had some interviews today with uh, Channel 10 who's the broadcaster of um, 
uh, the, the Melbourne Cup this year in the full spring carnival. And I was having a chat to the uh, the journalist there and they said, look, they're still none the wiser. We still just don't know. But what we are going to do as well with Maya, who I'm uh, obviously an ambassador for, we're going to make fashions on the field a little bit different this year. So Carlo, this could be right up your street. Oh, you know me. I love a fascinator. We're going to make it fashions on your front lawn. So this is from the comfort of your own house and your own garden. You can get dressed up and there's um, there's the usual menswear, women's wear. There's also um, the usual milliner and the up and coming emerging designer award. But there's a just for fun segment as well. So you can, in Melbourne Cup Day, a lot of people get really fanciful and really imaginative with their outfits. Yes. So if you want to get dressed up as fancy dress, you want to go Superman in your own back garden just to watch the races. You can do that. You won't be frowned upon. There'll be no one trying to drag you out. Talk about fashions on the field. What's the, you know, hard in the COVID world, but what, usually these styles, isn't there? Styles that kick in, styles that, you know, yeah. are always known like uh, a three-piece or a two-piece yeah. or buckles on your shoes. What 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 are we going to do about fashions this year, considering you can't get out and about, Chris? Well, that's the problem as well, because one of the biggest fashion capitals of Australia, if not the fashion capital of Australia, Melbourne, has been shut down now for pretty much eight months. And that means wow. designers are not in the warehouse. Is they're still designing at home, but they're not getting production through. They're not getting any new designs. They're not getting any new um, um, trends really to follow. So mm-hmm. it's it's slightly up in the air this year. So I think that's why Meyer and the VRC have just come with the idea of look, let's just make it a little bit of fun. Let, let's just give you your own interpretation of fashion and let you run with whatever you think is looking good. Um, don't be don't be fooled. There's still going to be big prize pools in there, so it's well worth putting the effort in. But the just yeah. for fun section sound great, you know. They've got a Mad Hatter's Tea Party, which is um, people's interpretation and their, their, their crazy concepts on what a milliner should be doing. And, and um, But it's just great that through a pretty somber time, which this year has brought, that there's still a little bit of something to look forward to, a little bit of fun. And you know, hopefully it's just a full week of four days of incredible racing and good atmosphere and just a little bit of time where you can forget all the shit that's gone down this year and yeah, of course. get dressed up and, and have a couple of sherbets in the back garden. And sadly, you can't get to the racetrack and escape the kids. That's me. That's, that's me speaking on my part. Um, <laughs> but you, you can just just enjoy it at home with the family, with everyone. So look, fingers crossed. A lot of people get on board, and uh, and and let's hope this year it's the race that starts the nation. That's the race, that's not the race that stops the nation. Fingers crossed, mate, because we all need it. You know, there's been a lot of uh, sad news rather than bad news. It is what it is. It's unprecedented yeah. event, and we're getting through it. But uh, you know, again, just to uh, just to say, mate, they're proud of. The, the the association you have with Meyer and, and the VRC because it has been a long go it's been a long term that one hasn't it Chris how long now have you been with Meyer coming up to eleven years now mate. Yeah, years, mate. Yeah, been a fair few Maya dudes because of you, and it's been good, mate. So uh, keep it going. We need it for next year. <laughs> we do. We do. We'd love to see more. That's that's all. People need a forty-three-year-old fat model. Um, hey, yeah, you're not fat. I've seen your pictures. You look you look rigged up, mate. <laughs> Let's get back to the racing, mate. We've yes. got um, we we have got an incredible day of Group One racing down at Caulfield with the Caulfield Guineas um, this this weekend coming. We've also got the Spring Championship Stakes. There's some incredible horses now making their way to Melbourne. They've got to get settled in. The horses are coming from overseas. They're due to land next week, I think. Uh, the first O'Brien Stable arrivals, so they're yeah. due to land next week. 
I know there's some of the international horses already landed here. Ash Run has already landed. Um, there's a few others that are big time favourites for the Melbourne Cup and various other races leading in. But this Saturday sees everyone. Huey Bowman's actually made his way down here now. A lot of the Sydney jockeys or international jockeys are coming. Willie Pike from Perth had a bit of spell in Sydney now. He's down here. So everything's starting to ramp up. The racing is really becoming um, the, the first and foremost leading into this Melbourne Cup again. So it's, it's great to see that that's still happening. But we're yeah. going to kick off first with the Caulfield Guineas, a $2 million race. That's this Saturday at Caulfield. Now, a bit of news coming out of there today is Glenn Fiddick, the favourite, $5.50 favourite. Has he got COVID as well? Issues. So sadly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a cracker. Fucking could do, yeah. Uh, it would have been that Huey Bowman and give it to him if he has um, look and yeah so he's been scratched and sadly he's, have to go, he's going to have to undergo a minor a minor throat surgery but fingers crossed he comes back alright we uh, one of my Smithy show things last week got beat on the line mugger two in the Metropolitan yeah was, tell, was, tell us a bit about that race though Chris because everyone everyone I've spoken to was just saying oh what an amazing horse it was obviously we know the owner but the fact of the matter is it's been getting some rave reviews mm. so what was the ride like just for the people who didn't see it ride was perfect ride couldn't have been any better the horse could not have tried any better i think i think the horse was beat by the handicapper it wasn't beat by anything else you've got to wait. wait yeah yeah um, i mean he's not done enough to justify carrying 57 and a half kilos in a race like that mm-hmm. with the kind of clients got the runner up from the Caulfield cup last year which um actually went on to win it this year carrying a kilo and a half less right. than mugger two even with the performances it's been putting in I, it just seems like a pretty bizarre situation from the handicapper that you could justify giving mugger two 57 and a half and uh and the winner uh, an even 56 but listen Mugger 2 didn't disgrace anyone the the ride was brilliant the praise for the horse yeah. continues from trainer from jockey from just about everyone really he's, he's, a, he's a world class horse and he's still he's still relatively young so he's he's got a fair bit of improvement I think we've not seen the best of Mugger 2 just yet um, so that, that just goes on now where's his next move they're undecided at the moment um, is it the Cox Plate? You know what I mean? Will he go and run in that at Mooney Valley, another $5 million race? Will he go to the Caulfield Cup? You know, it's, it's kind of undecided. Yeah, I think that will come to light in the next few days, but um, definitely not disgrace was a wonderful yeah. performance just got run down on the line sadly too so it, with with Mugger 2 though is there a, again coming into Nature Strip how, how's that for the um, is it going to be in the Guinness um, no 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 it's um, a Nature Strip's the most of a sprinter oh right okay sorry Russian Camelot I'm going through a lot of the, the horses that we spoke about and I just think where, where, where are they sitting at this uh, about around about this time yeah oh look uh, look it's it's pretty hard to to fi- to figure out where they're going to go from this stage. We'll get the uh, I haven't I haven't had a proper look at the full field, but I'll yeah. do it right here for you now, Carlo. Um, I'll get it up, but I think hey, uh. <laughs> but she didn't, did she? Let me get it up here for you. You put me on the spot without nothing, you. Oh, sorry, mate. That's well, all right. I, I, I just remember. I, I just wrote down a few of the horses that we talked about over the last couple of weeks leading yeah. to the Melbourne Cup. You know, Russian Camelot's one, Nature Strip, Mustajir, Mugger Two. Mm. You know, and it's and I think it's interesting with the other horses that are coming over how they're going to quarantine, how they're going to handle that quarantine. And again, yeah. hats off to the VRC because we were talking a couple of months ago that weren't going to be any international horses, and it was more of a token Melbourne Cup so you know it's all hats off to them to, to include the international horses and I think it's going to be a cracker but I think there's a lot of excitement but there's a lot of mystery as well there is mate look there's, there's, there's a fair few going around and Old Kirk has, has managed to um, take favouritism now at $3.60 and, and, and rightly so you know what I mean it, 
impressive win last time out. Um, if you remember him absolutely bolting past them all to, for, for a very brave, brave win. The one goes undefeated, paying 550 for you now. Tagaloa, Craig Williams, and um, Bossettin and Young carrying 56 and a half. That's going to give you 550. King's Legacy is a, a, a beautiful horse, too. Huey Borman rides it. That's going to give you $7 the price. Crosshaven up. And then you go out to Crosshaven at $13 and $17 for Amish Boy. Um, but I'd say that I'd say the pick of the yard there for me would be I'd, I'd be taking a bit of King's Legacy at 56 and a half uh, for the $7. I think that's um, a pretty impressive price. Who's, ri- who's riding that, Chris? Huey Bowman. Huge. Yeah, and there's, oh, there's also the Thousand Guineas as well, which is the race before Hungry Heart. Huey Bowman's on that as well. That's giving you 340. The unbeaten instant celebrity as well for Craig Williams. That's going to give you 360. And then you jump out to $11 for Vangelic. So that is um, in the bookies' eyes. Yeah. Is, is pretty much a two-horse race, but you know. A little birdie told me um, to back anything that Tommy Berry's on at the moment. Oh, yeah? yeah Who's this I'm little saying, birdie then? Oh, I can't tell you that, Chris. You know me. <laughs> Secret. But they said, they said Tommy Berry's in a great vein of form at the moment, and um, yeah. he, he's, he's getting some really, really tasty rides, and, and good rides as well, meaning, you know, they could they seem like the roughest, but yeah. he's choosing, he's being chosen really, really well for, for some of these quality rides. His writing skill, obviously, is... Uh, um, is known to everyone uh, and in the same calibre as Huey and Craig Williams so was, uh, you know I, I, hope, I hope he goes well Tommy most definitely mate he's, uh, he's, he's never he's never shamed himself Tommy Berry but you're right he's come to a rich vein of farm right now yeah. he's, he's absolutely flying but look at, he's, still, he's still in Sydney at the moment so God only knows for that. And um, also this this week, we've got the uh, Million Dollar Spring Championship. There's a wonderful horse in there, which is uh, four performances, four four runs, four wins. A beautiful big grey horse called Love Tap. Now, recently, over the last couple of days, the Love Tap owners have been offered a, a multi-million dollar deal to take Love Tap away from them. Now, the owners have quickly refused that deal and said, look, we're not in it for an investment. We're in this for the love of racing and for the experience of it all. So they have just turned this money down straight away they say look we've got a free horse technically he's already won more in prize money yeah. that we've actually paid for him and he's a $2.80 favourite for the million dollar spring champion stakes this Saturday and should he win that which I, I can't really see anything beating it with the improvement that it's showing every single run and its last win was was very brave and very impressive and I think it's only going to improve from that should he should he win that then he's got the um, the $5 million Cox Plate at Mooney Valley and the $2 million Victoria Derby at Flemington right. could everything go right for him there but moving on quickly to Smithy sure thing that will be it the spring love tap this, this week yep yeah, called love tap and what's the odds 280 it's undefeated 280 at the moment Mate, after we talked about our multi last week that that died in the ass quite quickly rapidly yeah yeah <laughs> very quickly <laughs> very quickly i was like yeah smith smith is sure things they're not that sure i can uh, guarantee you that no, well that's no. a that's a good review man and again i think as we're now creeping forward towards i think everest is going to be soon um and then moving forward to the mm. melbourne cup i think there's some interesting racing going on and if you're not a keen racer like i'm not an avid uh, uh, punter but i do enjoy the racing and it's and once once you get into it it's, it's good fun mate what we'll move on to the afl what do you know down there in melbourne mate what's the vibe even though you can't go outside your house and you can't do much <laughs> walking or talking to anyone 
one. <laughs> do you get, are you getting much on TV? Are you getting much in the papers? Well, I find it 95% bullshit, 5% lies. So, <laughs> no respect. No, no I, disrespect. <laughs> yeah, with all due respect. Let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush here. Um, but no, it's the, the qualifiers are pretty impressive. One, one or two upsets. We saw Port Adelaide beat Geelong 58-42. Brisbane rolled Richmond. Now, Brisbane have been playing some incredible footy this year. Like, really, really good footy. But um, nobody really expected them to beat reigning premiers, Richmond. The, the way they did, it was a pretty convincing victory too. Colin Wood and Paul Curious team, if they, they, they've just beat West Coast, uh, weekend just gone. 76-75, close game, but they just about pipped it in the end. And St. Kilda beat the Bulldogs, 67-64. So that sees us with the semi-final of Richmond and St. Kilda, which is this Friday. And then that will take you into Geelong and Collingwood. So I guarantee you now, Paul Lecuria, if they yeah. may, if Collingwood make the final and Collingwood win the final, I pretty much guarantee that Paul Lecuria and Dane Swan will find one way to get out and not come home for quite some time. I'm sure they will. I'm sure yeah. they will. So yeah, look, pretty pretty exciting times down in here in, uh, in Melbourne for the AFL. It's uh, obviously the huge AFL state. It's where it was all born and bred. So they, they absolutely love it down here. You can't talk to them about anything but AFL. Well, I think Brisbane, like uh, Brisbane seem to be going pretty well considering that the AFL grand final is going to be in their backyard. And I think, um, you know, there's a big push there to get uh, as many fans as possible. So I think Brisbane have got a really, they're being the bonnet really to, to, to perform well and, and try and get to that grand final. It's amazing turnaround from what they did last year. Uh, but again, it would be great for a Brisbane Collingwood final, I think that would be would be great uh, and so much fun, as, especially when we can wind uh, wind Paul Licuria up as much as possible. So that should be good. I think they've got a fair chance against Geelong. I mean, you know, yeah, the, the backs are up. They've just beat West Coast and Geelong have come off the back of a loss. So you know, it's um, I I don't see any reason why they can't roll on with this Collingwood Richmond Grand Final. If I'm going to have to call it, that's the way I'm going to call it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Again, you can never put Richmond down, especially with. Uh, Duster he's, he, all you need him to switch on and, and it's game over isn't it so uh, exciting times in the AFL well, we're going to move swiftly on to the NRL because there's a lot of finals and it's what a part of uh, the game or the game that or the sport that we all enjoy uh, more than most uh, mate what, what was your take I'll just, I'll just go actually before I ask you I'll go through yep. the results give everyone the results okay yep. so uh, we had the Panthers versus the Rooters uh, and the 20, it was 29-28 to the Panthers we had the Raiders against the Sharks and the Raiders won that one 32-20. We had the Storm and the Eels. The Storm got up 36-24 and finishing it off, the Rabbits versus the Knights and the Rabbits got up 46-20. So I'll make the first game. What do you, what was your take on the uh, Panthers versus the Roosters? I found it one of the most bizarre rounds of rugby league that I've ever watched. The Roosters jump out to a 12-point lead, 10-point yeah. lead and then they watch the Panthers come back and just totally overpower them and then the Roosters come back again. But it happened in three or either four or how many games did we play? Was it three of the four games? Yeah. It was three of the four games. Parramatta went out to a nice handy lead against the Storm. The Melbourne ended up putting 36 points past them. Newcastle Knights went 12 points in front, then only scored eight after that, and then the Rabbits put 46 on them. So it was one of the most bizarre rounds of rugby league that I've ever seen. But the Panthers and the Roosters game was an absolute belter, I thought. That was yeah. just end-to-end stuff, and nothing was left out there. Nothing was left to chance. We know the Panthers have been running red hot, but um, but the Roosters really put a scare on him. Nathan Cleary scoring a hat-trick. I thought he was just honestly outstanding. As the weeks go on and the time goes by, you have to remind yourself how young he is because he's playing with such yes. a mature head with an incredible back around him. And there's just this 
this honest belief at the Panthers this year. There's this yeah. belief that nobody can beat them and, and they just seem to really, really enjoy their football. Um, and, and do you know what? I, I'm struggling to see a team that can beat them right now. Yeah, I probably agree with you, Chris, to be totally honest. I think the Panthers are in the box seat to to, to, to win this Premiership. And I think the Roosters, I, again, there was, there was a... With this new rule with the reset or the restart with the set, I think it really has played with momentum. Yeah, you're seeing sides, most of the sides in the in the games, as you quite rightly mentioned, go off to a small lead, only to be pegged back, but only pegged back, took over. Now you take a, 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 the majority of the points, points sorry, in, in every game, it was well over 50 points mm. in a semi-final, like in, in your finals, second week of the finals, that's unheard of mm. on average. So it's it's an entertainment. It's changed entertainment, and 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 again, we we want to be entertained, and mm. we can't say that any of the football, probably the the Raiders and the Sharks, probably was the most probably I won't, I won't say boring, but un unentertaining game. Yeah, it, was, think, it was riddled with mistakes, wasn't yes. it? There, there, there's a fair few mistakes when you like you're talking about finals football in the first week. There was a lot of mistakes, a lot of handovers, a lot of mistakes. There, there was a lot of that, but you know, it was still to some degree an entertaining game of football. It's it, I wasn't really disgraced by it I wasn't thrown off my seat but I wasn't really disgraced by it yeah well the Cronulla Sharks uh, have failed to beat a top 8 side all year and this was no different you know they just creeped into the top 8 mm. and I, I must admit that I think I think they've if I was to say was it a pass or a fail for their year I'd say it was a pass mm. considering what they've got the injuries they've had yeah. and they're still in that building phase I would still say it's a pass even though it's a very very slight pass mm. okay uh, but the they the Canberra Raiders can they do it that's the question now they made the grand final last year and very unlucky to get beat mm. by the Roosters but can the can the Canberra Raiders can they get through this can they start to get momentum now coming into the finals you know I think it's finals football from this from this week on I think any team could do it here yeah look I, I, I gotta be honest with you Carl of, of, for the performances I've seen over the weekend and the way I've been watching the season unfold I can't see the Raiders beat the Roosters I mm. just can't see that happening this week um, I, I could be wrong it's been been known before but I just think that the, the Roosters are just firing clinically whenever they turn it on whenever they put their mind to the game they've got a halfback combination there which is really dominating things you know their back row has been absolutely phenomenal they did all of this without um, Jake Friend without Sonny Bill Williams on the weekend just gone they nearly toppled the Panthers again James Tedesco is in inspirational form Josh Morris yeah. is playing like he's 23 years old not 34 Mitch Arbison was outstanding as well can I tell you who really impressed me though like from from a we talked about Nathan Cleary being a very young inexperienced mm. but yet mature head you know you got to take your hat off to someone like Kyle Flanagan yeah right Kyle Flanagan this is really even though he made his debut last year for the Sharks this is his real first season and yeah. he's not at a building club or a development club he's at the Roosters you know there's a lot to be expected and a lot of weight on his shoulders and I thought his combination with Kiri was 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 outstanding you know Nathan Cleary again was the best player on the field I think on the night mm. but I'm telling you Luke, Luke Kiri and Kyle Flanagan were outstanding you know as a halfback combination mm. and I think again Sonny Bill will Williams, I said it over a, a month ago when he was coming. I wouldn't expect too much of him. I think he's good around the crowd and he's still obviously struggling with a knee injury, um, but he's good to be there or thereabouts. And I think the, the week off, we will see him next week, but I wouldn't expect anything too much from him from a playing point of view, but more of a uh, camaraderie and, and a presence. Make, a yeah, pres just a presence around the boys, you know, that voice of experience.
experience and when he comes on it they do grow uh, an extra leg Jake Friend will definitely be back this week and he's a massive massive part of of what they do uh, so you know I, again I can see the Panthers and the Roosters meeting again in the final I really can Yeah. but talk about your storm mate you've got to get past the Melbourne storm first mate and that's never mm. ever easy they're playing some great football or there's the obvious worry of now about Cameron Monster he's gone off yet again yeah. with his same knee injury he looked kind of upset when he left the field um but Jerome Hughes, I, I, another kid that's come of age, yeah. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. Ryan Pappenhausen has just chimed in there like he was made for a fullback spot at the Melbourne Storm. And if you think about the pressure that comes with that, following the footsteps of Billy Slater, that's 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 not something to be frowned at. So he deserves a lot of credit too. Cameron Smith is he's a leader, mate, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he, he, he does what he does, and he does it better than anybody else that we've ever seen. I don't think there's a hockey that's ever had the impact in a game that, than he has ever in the whole history of the sport. Sport, if you ask me, yeah. he's just a, he's just a true leader, but he, he he brings people out. I suppose he's a pretty um, a similar situation to Sonny Bill Williams. He's a presence player as well. When you're playing next to Cameron Smith, you try your ass out. You try yeah. your ass off. You know you look you look up to him and you respect him. Um, but but I think right across the field, Craig Bellamy again, just just credit where it's due. He's got everybody playing together. He's got everybody working for each other, and, and it just really shows the, the the way they play the game with such discipline. They have an incredible defensive line and um, again they went behind Paramara put um, a couple of tries on him earlier and, it, and I was sat there thinking oh shit here we go is that the wheels fell off but no you know like um, like a, like a primed racehorse in the Melbourne Cup they finish off super strong do you, do you know what though again some mad little injuries that have occurred in that game you know both wingers Mekosivo left the field early in the in the first half or midway through the first half and his season's done uh, Kyra, I, I don't know what kind of injury it is I, I apologise for that, for that but um, yeah he's got a serious knee injuries which is he's, he's gone he's not he's definitely not be coming back Ferguson as well mm. Ferguson's got a, a real cloud over him he's been named in this team but can he play yeah. he didn't train today I, I, I watched a, a bit of the mail he didn't train today um, and again I think they're going to rest him as, as much as they possibly can to see because he is a talisman he hasn't scored since round 16 and now he's scored like five in four games you know he's he's on fire at the moment Blake Ferguson and he's just both those wingers mate Sivo and Ferguson eat meters up they are yep. great for the forwards just to have a rest uh, and they always take uh, the platform forward for the halfback so they are massive losses can they win with Sivo and Ferguson out I don't um, think so I just don't I, think so I, I think they're going to find it difficult I think they're going to find it really difficult to um, to get that one across the line it's just I just think the rabbits are playing too much great football and you know they've got a winger combination Alex Johnson has just found his feet he's got his contract extension and he's just running in tries for absolute mm. fun yeah, they're, is, making, they're making a mockery of wingers and um, a winger and centre combinations so it, it doesn't look good in that respect for the Eels but you know it's it's finals football anything can happen we're, we've got to be yeah. an idiot to write them off well again with the rabbits and the Knights game you know leading into that game and, and again I'm not going to discuss it openly because he's a dear friend of ours but the whole thing that's going on with Sam Burgess at the moment with a lot of alleged um, mm. questions and you know we'll, we'll leave that one there uh, a bit disappointed in the timing of this you know the Australian uh, a very reputable newspapers broke the story um, but I just found it bizarre why the timing of it would occur mm. around the finals you know you would have thought that this 
is a matter that could be could have been brought to the public's attention probably after the finals. Uh, and again, uh, hey, talking about alleged uh, news stories, we have Sasha. Hello, Sasha. Hey. Oh, <laughs> what a spud. Did you sleep in, mate? Nah, daylight no. savings, I bet. I bet it was daylight savings. Yeah, I've been trying to write to you guys. I just found out before and then I was like, oh, no, what an idiot. <laughs> Daylight savings was about three days ago. What have you been doing? How have you been conducting business? Oh, mate, I've been half cooked for three days. Oh, yeah, I think you've been up the coast. I'll try. <laughs> you did sleep in. There you go. No, I did. I 100% didn't sleep in. I was coming from work and then I was like, oh, I've got heaps of time here, half an hour, beauty. And then um, I checked the thing just to get the link and then all of a sudden it's, uh, yeah, really cooked it. Anyway, that's all right, so, mate. Well, good to have you on. You've not missed much. You've just missed half the show. But apart from that, apart from that, we're all good to go. We, we mentioned actually, that every time the Roosters lose, you go missing, MIA. <laughs> and uh, Smithy was laughing and joking about it. What was your thoughts on the game, mate? We'll just uh, we'll backtrack a little, just one step. What was your yep. thoughts on the Roosters game, Roosters Panthers? Uh, well, this look, will be good. I, well, look, I had um, I probably had twenty skirmers by the time I got round of the game, and um, we we're driving up to Noosa, and we we're watching it as we were driving. Um, I thought the Panthers come out strong, which I thought they would anyway. Um, obviously, they opened up the lead, and then towards the end, the Roosters come back, and I think they, the good thing for the Roosters is they really turned it around from the week before yeah. against South. Um, so they showed some positive signs. I was hoping two things, right? Because Chris, you gave me that multi, so yeah. I was either hoping after half-time they'd lose by 13 or they would win and they ended up losing by one point and they lost the multi. Is, <laughs> is, mate, is now a good time to let you know that Panthers didn't come out strong because the Roosters took a two-try lead? Did you watch the same game? Well, they come out strong towards the end of the first half. Is <laughs> <laughs> the best I, Mate, I, I 100% watch watched it. I, mate, I swear I 100% watched the whole thing. Did you I watch it reverse? That small detail. <laughs> Mint, mint. Uh, Only cutting edge reporting here at the Sport Project Podcast. Yeah. Oh, dear. If you, yeah, listen, really great, mate. if you listen to this show and you take any truth out of it, you're a fucking idiot. It's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the Sport Project Podcast uh, a little bit different uh, with our sports news. And you can <laughs> go to the, fact the... We've got no facts. Yeah, well, factual. What's that mean? <laughs> as long as we make everyone laugh, it's, it's important. Okay, you can find us on Facebook at the Sport Project. And Instagram at the Sport Project Podcast. Okay. And platforms, we're on all the platforms that you would go to to get your podcast. So the games coming up this week, we've got the Rooters versus the Raiders and the Eels versus the Rabbits. Chris, how do you see these two games playing out? Oh, look, I think it's kind of... Um, I, th- I don't think the bookies generally get things like this wrong coming in. It is finals football. Anything can happen. But I can't see the Raiders beating the Roosters and I can't see the Eels beating the Rabbits. I think if there's any um, kind of certainty that I can give you, that's probably going to be the easiest double you would ever put your money on, to be frank. Yeah. And, um, and and that's no disrespect to any of the teams that have progressed this far. That's just my factual opinion on, on what I think will happen. Mm. No, I agree with you, Chris. I think the Roosters. I was I was genuinely worried after we lost sixty to eight against South. Yeah. I think they showed some promising signs against um, the Panthers, even though I don't remember a whole lot of it. Um, 
<laughs> Allegedly, but, um, they did well. Yeah. But you never know. The, the Green Machine could come out with vengeance from last year. Ricky Shield would be all fired up. He's oh. always emotional, the big fella. And they could really come out and, and give it to the Roosters. You never know. Mm. Yeah, you, they, they definitely could. But Carlo and I were speaking earlier just before you chimed in about the fact that the uh, halfback combination that they've got at the Roosters just really seem to be flying. And then the loss of the two wingers for Parramatta. I just think the odds are really stacked. Uh, sorry, sorry. That's the that's the Eels. I think just the odds are really stacked against the Raiders, but they are. They're, they're a big they're a big club. They're they're a big team. Um, they're a big game kind of team. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. And they and they're not going to lie down for this. And you know, it's just a case. I think the Roosters have got that little bit of class over them. And, right. So um, you're saying Roosters for the first game and who for the second Roosters game? into the Rabbits. Roosters into the Rabbits. Yep. Sash, what about yourself? Um, I'm definitely Roosters. I think that it's going to be and a top game. Do. Any cockle do um, and South as well, mate. I think I think they're just too strong. And uh, my overall tip for the uh, for the for the NRL would be the. I think the Panthers are too good, eh? On their mm. on their day, they're just too good. Mm, yeah, we, we we just mentioned that they are just head and shoulders above everyone. Even though the Roosters, again, the Roosters with Jake Friend are a diff- I think they're a different team. Yeah, you know. So I think yeah. that one point, put it in perspective, Roosters with Jake Friend, I think it's a lot tighter. If not, Roosters win. So it's uh, it's 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 good enough to be a good road into the finals anyway. The the uh, the prelims. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with yourselves as well, boys. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think the Roosters are a bit too strong for the Rangers, mm. but the Raiders might turn up. You just don't know. Um, but uh, I definitely think that the Rabbits are on a good vein of form at the moment with the Parramatta Eels losing Sevo and potentially Ferguson. I just can't see them uh, coming to the party. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a clean sweep for all of us, boys. Rooters and the Rabbits. Hey, talking yeah. about the Rabbits, and I know I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but I was going to talk about it later anyway. Um, did you guys watch NFL on the weekend, that Jordan Mayalata, who's an ex-South Sydney junior, and he's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is my team? Um, no, but before you, before you get into it, we are going to go over to US Sports anyway. So here we go. Here he is. It's a good lead-in. So young fella, um, he just made his debut at the start of the year for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he actually yeah. made his starting debut on the weekend against the San wow. Francisco 49ers, um, and they won 25-21, and he's the talk of the NFL at the moment. He's a massive unit. I think he's like 140 kegs, and he's like six foot nine or something like that. He's just absolutely unbelievable. He's a 23-year-old. Mate, moves like a ballerina. Unbelievable movement and body mm. transfer for a lad of his size the power he's an ex-South uh, South Junior uh, yep. and he played I think he played Jersey flag or he played under 20s for, for South um, yep. and then obviously was picked up and the story's been amazing actually but you never know do you you just never know whether he was going to start or he's going to get on but and de- you know massive massive kudos to him yeah so that was um, that was good and we watched um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers so they made a 24 to 7 deficit against the LA um, Chargers to come back 38 31. So there was talk at the start of the year, Brady obviously leaving um, the Patriots at the start of this season to go across to the Buccaneers after a one-man club um, and lost the first game and everyone was saying he was out of touch and since then he's um, just been kicking goals and I think they're 3-1, and the Buccaneers now with um, Brady at the helm. So still a few teething issues to iron out there but he's been going really well with the 
NFL's been been flying, but the big talk in the uh, America is the LA Lakers two one leading the series Ooh. against the Heat. Well, it's quite a, quite an impressive performance by the, by the Heat, wasn't it? On a weekend, really impressive, really impressive. Mm. Yep, because um, the Lakers have been dominating them to date, and LeBron's just been playing unbelievable. He's as you would expect in, in finals times, and he really rises to the occasions. So I think if he wins um, a championship this year, the Lakers will be four championships in three clubs, which is pretty impressive. Cavaliers, yeah. the Heat, um, and LA Lakers, and it would be a good one for Kobe, obviously, um, with him going halfway through the year. So, um, yeah, I, I think the LA Lakers are way too strong. That Western Conference throughout the whole season was just way too strong for the Eastern Conference, and it sort of showed with the LA Clippers, LA Lakers, and a few others um, really dominating the league. And um, I think they'll they'll dominate it. Hey, win the next. What's the what's the fixtures looking like now? So we're we're into game game four of seven. Yes, correct. And when, yep. when's that going to be? Are we going to get that before we're on again uh, next Tuesday? Or uh, yeah, yeah, it's on Saturday. I think the next one is. Um, oh, hang on, no, tomorrow it says game four is tomorrow at eleven a.m. and then Saturday is game five. Yep. So then Monday again. So there'll be another three games before our um our next one. So, so, we, should, so we should know where we're at. Yeah, I, I think that the Lakers will take it out. To be honest, um, in that time, I think that um, like you said, Smith he played really well, but uh, the Lakers are just way too strong. They've got the depth there, led by LeBron. It's hard to see him getting beat. There's a bit of banter as well, isn't there, at the moment with uh, Miami Heat's president and uh, Le- LeBron James. I think there's a little bit of beef going on, and uh, it's two and throwing. I haven't seen that. What's that about? Yeah, well, I think it was when he was. A, a Miami Heat player, and I think they, uh, it, they well, let's put it this way: they didn't part on good on good terms. So I think um, there's a little bit of banter uh, in and about. And I've seen a few little news stories that LeBron's LeBron's, uh, you know, obviously that's his fuel to his fire at the moment. So that's that's good. Anything else, mate? On, on US sports? Maybe just on the back of that, like, what are your thoughts? Obviously, after watching the Michael Jordan documentary, if my personal opinion, right, because everyone compares Michael Jordan to LeBron, it's just yeah. they go, who's better? Who's better? My personal opinion, I think Jordan's better, a better player, a better player of the era. Um, and that was clear with the whole, his whole popularity without social media and all the rest of it. But um, LeBron's certainly making a mark for himself at the moment. He is, and, he, and he's not finished yet. You know what yes. I mean? I, I, think, I think with um, MJ, he never really had the arrogance that LeBron's got. You know, LeBron comes across and he's all nicey-nicey, but he'll, he'll openly call himself the GOAT. And a lot of people don't like that. That turns a lot of people away. The <laughs> fact that MJ just got there and he did what he did and he, he says and, and he was brutally honest you know I, I think the way he held himself the way he played the game and the way he inspired more people to play good because they're around him was uh, way more than LeBron's ever done or ever could do so I, I, I'll, as, as the Really different players. There's, there's the same conversation with Ronaldo and Messi. I don't quite understand why we have to compare them and have one better than the other. Why can't yeah. we just enjoy the two of them for what they do? Yeah, I agree, man. You know totally. what I mean? Different eras, yeah. And, and this is why Michael Jordan would never call himself the GOAT because it was a disrespect to Larry Bird and it was a disrespect to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before players, or yeah, yeah, yeah. of all the great players before him. Then that's a total disrespect to them and that's just his opinion on their being a GOAT or their not being the best of all time. So can, I just say, the, can I just say though... But if I've got to pick one, MJ. Can I just say though, MJ's hoops better. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, mate. I'm with you. I'm, I'm MJ all the way, purely because he didn't have what we have now in sports science mm. and everything else. You know, the the body recoveries, and they, they were, they were hard games and hard seasons that MJ uh, was in. I think, um, and, and I think with LeBron now, with all the movement in sports science and um, on, on recoveries and stuff like that, I think um, you know it aids him better, better to play harder 
and longer for, for, for more of the season but you got to take your hat to MJ they they went after him they tried to hurt him and he just kept on, he just kept on winning he was just unbelievable it's crazy yeah when I was playing footy everyone tried to hurt me and every game I got hurt <laughs> and it worked and they succeeded yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because I was good either that is okay. what hurt me <laughs> alright lads well we could talk about that for a long time but we'll move on to uh, the UK sports at the moment and uh, the UK Rugby League which I some great news Smith for yeah. you and I being Salfordians from a, the beautiful city of Salford Salford have, <laughs> Salford have beautiful. reached the Challenge Cup final after 50 years they'll play Leeds Rhino on the 17th of October at Wembley Stadium fortunately it will be behind closed doors that's Salford the irony made, of that I know crazy isn't it Salford made the grand final last year and lost to St Helens and, and the club are out of the running in this year's Super League but a massive kudos has to be given to our dear friend who we've known since we were young lads uh, Ian Watson who's the head coach at Salford who has consistently got the best out of a team as the lowest budgets in the competition mm. so the results on the weekend were Leeds Rhinos uh, 26 Wigan Warriors 12 in the semi-final and Salford Red Devils 24 Warrington Wolves 22 now I'll just go into the Salford game because I did w- watch it uh, I'm not joking Salford were on the back foot all game all game it was horrendous conditions swirling winds rains coming in sideways and Salford just hung in there they just hung in there and Joey Lussick, um, an Australian uh, hooker, just sneaked over in the last five minutes to, to give him that victory. And I think it was it was just pure determination. I think Ian, uh, as a as we know, he was a great player. Probably not the best player, but he was just super super smart. You know, you could tell that he he's got a massive influence on the culture of the Salford club and the, and the team as a whole. And it came through in the way that they played and uh, and that grit and determination are things that you can't teach. It's stuff that comes with team culture. So massive kudos to Ian and everyone at the Salford uh, Red Devils Rugby League Club. You know, it's a, it's a club that we, we both love, Chris, uh, after all the years and times that we've been around watching them as, as the young young people and the, as you said, the, the stark ironic, irony, sorry, mm. stark irony of, of the whole situation is that they will be playing in closed doors on the 17th of October. So, so sad for all the Salford fans but we'll we'll still watch oh yeah we'll still be there you and I both played for him didn't we Carlo yeah, we did, not, mate. I just went yes. and watched we both played for him for a little while yeah but look what what's what is um, he's always been destined to do stay in rugby league he's always been destined he lived and breathed yeah. it when he played it and he lives and breathes it now and he's just I think he's a credit to himself he's a young coach with a young guy um, homegrown I, I don't think there's any better backstory leading into this grand final taking his hometown club his hometown where he used to play now he's there coaching on a small budget taking them to a grand final at Wembley there's, there's nothing more there's nothing more for it and you know what? Whatever the result turns out to be, he's done an absolute incredible job. Let's hope they can uh, beat Lee Drynos, my other former team, actually. Uh, which, which I was, I was, I was quite surprised that Leeds went on to beat Wigan. I, I thought Wigan would have turned them over, but you know, Leeds have. Um, Leeds have come good as well. So yeah, it'll be a good grand final. Good luck to you, Waddle. Um, uh, I'll be tuning in as yeah, soon as I know when it is. We should, we, should have a, we should have one of them watch parties and we'll watch it and we'll, we'll all have a few drinks. So I, yeah. I have a different kind of watch party, Carlo. It's not looking at you. <laughs> oh, you're no, for, no further questions, Your Honour. Okay. Hey, while we're on the league, hey, quickly, Carlo, before you skip over, I'm just yeah. looking on the um, the news there, breaking news, but um, the line, what's he, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but kick out for the, yeah, oh, for the kick. Yeah, for the kick. He's just out. been ruled out of the preliminary finals for a dangerous wow. throw yeah well, they, so yeah, he, he won't win uh, playing the must win final yeah really okay. well there you go yeah just, just right now it's been found so, guilty by the judiciary and will not be available to play until the NRL grand final if the Panthers qualify so Which, his next game will be
will be the grand final one. Yep, Oof. if they make it. Yeah, if they make it. Yeah. That's a huge, and a major it's a huge, loss. Huge, huge loss. loss. Major loss. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, an exclusive here on the Sports Project podcast, <laughs> which will come to you at some point tomorrow afternoon. So it will have been. When everyone's heard of it. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I just want to go to the English Premier League at the moment. Please why, don't. Please don't. Why crazy? Now, Sasha, I can understand if you don't. You're not all over this, but let's put it in perspective. Manchester United gets beat six one, right? By Spurs. Plus the Roosters losing sixty to eight. That's exactly what it's like. Exactly it, like it is. But right. the champions, Liverpool, they get beat by a side that has just scraped through the relegation battle in Aston Villa seven two. Oh. How does that work? What happened? All right. So well, one and- of them scored two goals, but the other team scored seven. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'll paint a picture of the United game. So they got pumped by six off Spurs. <laughs> Hang on. Did you just let one rip then, Chris? Yes. You, and you know how when you won, you let right over like that? Yeah. And two years. <laughs> I could earn it. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, right. Carlos. Continue. No, that's all right. That's all right. You can't stop anything for a decent fart. Moz will be very proud of you. Um, you. So, uh, yeah, United get pumped six by Spurs. Got off to a fly with United getting a penalty after 29 seconds. Uh, all right. But that was the only highlight with Spurs fired in two in the next 15 minutes then the major turning point was Anthony Martial got sent off for striking for and I'm when I say striking it was a powder puff like literally he touched him on the face and the reason why he did that though the Spurs player which I, I, I don't I can't remember his name elbowed Martial right in the throat so he's elbowed Martial in the throat and Martial's just Slapped him in the face again. Hey, what are you doing? He dropped like a sack of spuds and Martial got sent off. Uh, red card. All, yeah, yeah, red card. And it was all downhill from that point. But the the, the, the most interesting part about this um, is that there's massive rumours coming out of the club that Bruno Fernandes didn't come out in the second half. Everyone thought it was a tactical change, but he t- apparently turned around. He had a massive, massive stout with Harry Maguire True story. Uh, and, and actually yeah. called him out and said you know your performance is nowhere near where it needs to be and it was a bit of a style shunt and he turned around to Ollie and just went listen I don't want to come out for the second half I'm not in the right mind frame after after that uh, so he's got no worries and, and, and changed him with McTominay now it's it's bizarre but the, the defence of United at the moment well we should say a lot of the players desire to just want to put the shirt on and play he's just lacking absolutely lacking Chris what was your, what was your take on it give me one sec Okay, there we go. Cussy Kendra reporting here at the Sport Project podcast. He's probably run off. Where did he go? He's probably gone for a dump. I think he probably shit himself before when he farted. Did Did you you shit yourself, Chris? Chris? Did you shout? Yeah, yeah, I (laughs) I just checked. I'm all right. No, this, um, <laughs> look, I've been having a chat with a couple of lads about this. Now, United have just made a couple of good signings. Um, they've just signed Alex Telles, a great left back from Porto. That's that sign, that deal has been done and dusted. And now they're talking about Cavelli. Now, Cavelli, I'm not quite sure about a 33 year old Santos. Cavana. Is it Cavana? Him as well. So they're talking to him as well. So I'm, I'm just kind of unsure, um, that Cavani is the right fit. Alex Telles, yes, incredible. He's only 28 years old. Wonderful talent coming um, all the way over from Porto. So that I can quite understand, but it doesn't quite get past the fact that if you saw if you saw the game this just happened, I, I watched it sadly. I was texting my dad as it's going through and I said um and I said to my dad, I said, Oh, I said, I'm watching the replay now. He said, Do yourself a favor, son, don't bother watching it. It's pathetic. And you know what? After watching it, I kind of come up with the idea that I potentially may not watch any more football after that. Um Harry, Harry Maguire is paid eighty million pounds for him. 
18. He, lo- he looks tired, mate. Can I be honest? He looks absolutely exhausted. I don't think, uh, for those football fans out there, he had a, an incident in Greece. He went away at the end of the season, went, had a big incident where he had a, got into a fight, got arrested in Greece. Okay. And he's come back like a complete different person. Mm. So there is some mental demons there, at, at least. But not only not only that, the whole team looks tired. you got to remember, there was only a three-week turnaround from the end of the season to the start of the next. You know, have we had enough rest? Then players had to play in the... Sorry, this is a that was mint. This, this everyone loves the English Premier League, clearly. This show yeah. like, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Good size. Uh, well, so, that is going to um, be fucking horrified yeah. with you. Oh, he's going to be laughing right off. So, so anyway, going back to it, I, ju- I, <laughs> I just don't think, I just don't think, there's some, there's some, and again, with the Liverpool result, be, getting beat 7-2 seven, seven by Aston Villa. Aston, I, 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 I must add though, Aston Villa were very, very good, but three, and three of their goals came off massive deflections there's nothing yeah. the keeper could do but the first goal that, uh, that Aston Villa scored was was a massive mistake by the keeper who's standing in for Allison. so um, it was it was bizarre I, and I don't will it happen again I probably don't think so with United though I'm more worried about them Liverpool this is a one-off I think but mm. with United like there are massive cracks appearing they've got Donny van der Beek who's not even started I don't know why he didn't start in this match is he um, brothers with Van den Hugenband <laughs> and Divin Hugenhoe <laughs> And we've got we've got we've just signed a left back, Chris, when we've got Brandon Williams and Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's um playing like complete shite, Carlo. Well no, Brand- mate, Brandon Williams. Brandon I'd, Williams is, I'd, I'd is, is a cracking young talent, but there's a lot of holes in his games. He needs to mature a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out on loan somewhere for um for the remainder of next season just to get some game experience. He's just not quite up to Manchester United standards just yet. He's an incredible talent, but he's eighteen yeah. years old. I've got another one I've got another cracking one for you, Chris, being a United fan. Yeah, I, Sasha's, I, in, Sasha's interested. Look, yeah, definitely. I love um, it. He's tensing up though. I don't know. I'm looking. I don't know I'm, I don't know. Do you know I'm taking my socks off. <laughs> Having looking, having looking at Victor Lind- Lindop, yeah, and uh, Eric Bally. Uh, in the in the and Harry Maguire, I wouldn't be surprised to see a resurgence of Chris Smalling. Nah, nah, I can't see that happening, mate. I, mate, that's, that's I, I'm telling backwards. you, this is where we're at at nah. the moment. It's a step backwards. That I, I don't think Eric Bale is just going to settle a little bit more. He's a he's a good defender, but he just gets a little bit too agitated, a little bit too excited. Um, I did a bit of research. I did a bit of research on his on, his, on Chris Smalling's performances at Roma when he went out on loan, hmm. and apparently. Mate, he was he, he played well. He was playing really well. So, mm. listen, um, who knows? That maybe galvanised him. And I, I think Ollie's thinking about it. I think well, he's thinking about it. He's thinking about a lot of things. I would imagine. Anyway, I just want to tell you: top of the league in the EPL, Everton, Aston Villa, then Leicester. Twenty twenty, mate. Twenty twenty. Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me no more. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for episode nineteen. Remember, you can get us on Facebook. Just just search the Sport Project. Instagram at the Sport Project Podcast, and we're available on all of your podcast platforms. If you hear us, get around us. Make sure you share, subscribe, like, boys. I'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday at the right time. Bella Woo! Texas.